Young and Dumb, a podcast for the young, dedicated, up-and-coming, motivated, and bold. Hear the journey of incredible individuals like you or I, who accomplish many things in their short lifetimes. Allow them to tell their story and share with you how they got to where they are today. And the best part yet is they're only just getting started. Welcome to the Young and Dumb Podcast. Chase loves his photography, and right now he's really getting into drone photography. So we had to give him the word hover. Honored. He's won several awards, such as Young Travel Photographer, Rising Star on Instagram, and the Walter Cronkite Award. Observant. You have to be in his field. Storytelling is a hard skill in general. Being able to do that in a photo, now that's art. Vibrant. His photos have this sort of glow that come with them. You'll just have to see them to understand. Eager. For his latest venture, Heightened Visions, where he is focusing in on drone photography. Roamer. He's traveled to all 50 states and too many countries to count. This week, we hover with Chase. Get Joe Grinder presents another episode of the Young and Dumb podcast with the co-hosts from the East Coast, Justin and Gary, checking in again. We take a stop to the NY. Big Apple, NYC, and we bring on our boy Chase to the podcast. Chase, he was up to the people. Thank you so much for having me, guys. What's up, people? <laughs> <laughs> Glad to have you on board with us uh, today, Chase. And um, from my understanding, you are essentially Mr. Accolades. Uh, we have Far from it, but thank you. <laughs> Rising Star by Instagram, world's top travel photographer young travel photographer of the year among many other things a lot that you've gotten into at such a young age um and we're going to get into all of this but before we do let us know if we took your journey and turned it into a loading bar okay from zero to 100 percent, where do you feel like you are right now on your loading bar eight percent yeah, I think I'm far from where I need to be, and I'm always pushing and grinding to get a lot farther on that loading bar. But I think I have a really good basis to work with, and uh, I feel very privileged to be where I am right now. All right, eight percent. Do you feel like you've really kind of grown exponentially these past like two to three years, or is it has it been like a gradual like half percent every year of your life or so? Oh, definitely. I do feel like it's been kind of explosion after explosion. I feel lucky enough to say. I mean. Uh, the accolades have, as you mentioned, have kind of formed a really important basis for the work I do and for finding clients. So uh, I think it's been really amazing uh, just the different progress I've made, uh, even just out of school. And, and what you've done right now uh, with all the accolades that you've had, it's hard to say that what you're doing um, isn't attributed to talent. You're a very talented individual, uh, but a lot of people would say, you know what? he's put in the hard work to get to that point. And there's a bit of a conflicting view. So from your perspective on your journey to where you are right now, what percentage would you say is hard work and grit? And what percentage would you say is talent? I think a lot of it is luck actually more than uh, hard work or talent. Sometimes I've been extremely lucky. 
I know you said you're gonna get into my story, but even from like a young age, uh, I've been privileged to grow up with a travel journalist as a father. And he's kind of taught me the ropes about photography. And my mom has kind of taught me the ropes about business. And so I've started with an incredible basis, like I said, uh, to kind of grow from. And I've been incredibly lucky. Of course, there's hard work. Of course, there's talent that comes with it. But I cannot attribute any of that alone to just hard work and talent. A lot of luck has come into play throughout my entire journey, really. All right. So you've got a really interesting mix in terms of where your parents' backgrounds come from. And we've yeah. interviewed several photographers on this podcast, several of them very uh, successful too. And the question we always ask is like, how did they start monetizing? Because that seems to be the hardest question upon creatives or photographers, videographers, whatever it may be. How have you been able to combine the business side and what have you learned from the business side of the creative world? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's that's the most difficult part as you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I mean, I've been at photography at a, in quotes, serious level since I was 12. So, I mean, I've been trying to kick down doors since forever. And a lot of the things that I've been doing is kind of going in for every opportunity I can find. And eventually those opportunities have built a base of accolades that you said that have allowed me to kind of monetize in different ways, whether that's, you know, social media and being a social media influencer, authoring a book, um, allowing me to lecture and teach about drones now, uh, working with different clients on numerous different needs, whether that's consulting. So, I mean, there's so many different things I've been able to do, but it really just started with just going for every opportunity I can find, even when they seem kind of crummy and even when they didn't pay much or anything at all. And I'm glad you brought that up, just uh, essentially that beginning part where you're just going for jobs, even if it didn't pay much, just because you wanted to get your feet wet or get the ground running. And I think that's a huge uh, topic that our generation needs to you know, ingrain into their heads, this idea of how Gary Vee puts it, free work, working for free, just um, making sure that you can provide that value and show others what exactly you can do uh, before you take that next step and get to that point. Absolutely. You just got to show up half the time. I mean, if you show up, that is half the battle right there. And if you get your name out there, you get your face out there, you can get business cards in the hands of people that matter. If you can show your work ethic, if you can show your kindness, I mean, those are the, really the magic ingredients to making forward progress in any career of choice, at least in my view. I hear that. So with uh, let's let's bring it back a little bit and take us back to uh, a younger Chase okay. when you first picked up that camera and you realized, you know what, I have something special here. I'm going to run with it and see where it takes me. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I kind of grew up with a travel journalist as a father. So at this point, I've been lucky enough to go to about 76 countries in all 50 U.S. states. So I've been doing a fair bit of traveling for a while now. And uh, and yeah, so I mean, I've always watched my dad, who is this incredible photographer, he three times won Lowell Thomas Travel Journalist of the Year Award. And uh, I was basically following him around the world. And I puts on these annual slideshows where he shows off a year of his work to uh, basically an apartment full of people. And I'd always analyze the oohs and ahs of the crowd as they engage with his photography. And that is kind of how I got into the art of photo photography and how I kind of developed that eye over time. And it really has become a passion that has been born out of the interest in, you know, record keeping but also in experiencing amazing things all throughout the world. And it has brought me to some incredible places, I'm lucky enough to say. So, I mean, photography has really been transformational in my life from beginning to end. Man, that's that's amazing. And it's it's great that you're able to speak to that part too, because how old are you? 
I'm 22. So you're 20. Yeah. So same age as us. Right. And many people might look at you and they see the accolades of your father. They see what you've done and they might contribute that to what your father has done. But when you really take a step back and you look at it, you've been putting in years upon years of work into this, right? You're 22, but in actuality, you've been working on this for at least 10 years and probably longer than 10 years, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I started out taking photos for different yoga instructors in my building in New York City, right? I mean, you got to start somewhere. I did uh, event photography for uh, family friends. I mean, I was doing all sorts of things. And that's just to talk about photography. Like I had side hustles even growing up, you know, whether that was a massage business or doing lemonade stands. So, I mean, I've always been kind of intensely interested in just getting out there and trying to experience as many things as possible. And I think that has allowed my career to blossom and has led to a very, I think, uh, fulfilling life so far. I love that. So let, um, let's dive into that very beginning because I feel like a lot of our listeners would resonate with that the most, right? Yeah. Just getting started right. and trying to find that yoga studio that will let you take photos or whatever it may right. be. How do you think someone in today's day and age would go about doing that? Are they using social media influencers and working for free that way? Or do you still think the classic knock on a local business? Yeah, door I was going to say face-to-face -face contact, man. It's still the name of the game. Social media is a wonderful tool. I, I'm thankful for it. It's done a lot of great things for me. But I mean, face-to-face -face contact is still the name of the game. Getting your business cards into people's hands and speaking to people. I mean... It's harder to say no to someone in person. It's really easy to say no and ignore someone on social media. We know where that block button is, right? So, I mean, being able to talk to someone one-on-one -on -one and kind of resonating your message with them, your, uh, your dreams with them, I think is really important. And as you progressed along your journey, what were some of the key tips or trivial um, learning points where you um, maybe even failed or had a, a roadblock that you overcame that you wish others knew um, in the photography world? I mean, there's always so many robots. I think the main one you kind of opened up with is just kind of finding a niche that allows you to make money. And I think the, the key is kind of figuring out that niche and carving it out as best possible. Like the drones have been my niche of late and being able to say I authored a book on the topic has been something that's been a game changer for me. Um, and just kind of carving out what is going to be your specialty, what is going to be your look, and what kind of people are going to be attracted to those things is really important. And I think by and large, that was really the main challenge that I I fought through many a times and I had many iterations of as well. All right. So drones, um, yeah. we've had some footage done with us with drones, which is pretty dope. Like we, we don't really I'd know. Love to see it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll definitely send you all the links to everything. Like we don't really know the technical side of anything with the drones, um, but the, the quality of the footage is really amazing. Yeah. Right. Talk us through how you got introduced to drones and like, Give us the brief thing of what everyone should know about drones besides just that loud humming noise that they uh, might hear at the park. It, it can be quite annoying in fairness, but uh, but yeah, I got into drones because, as I said, I kind of grew up as a photographer, and we're living in a world right now where I believe it's like 400 million photographs are uploaded to Facebook every day, like alone, and we're just overwhelmed with visual stimuli and the way to kind of make yourself stand out for me has always been perspective uh, and getting that unique angle that no one's seen before even if it's just like crouching really low on the ground and getting a little bit muddy or climbing a hill and that's always what i've been doing when i was more of a land-based photographer and now that i have something that is literally democratized perspective that being drones I am able to bring, be lazy. I'm able to bring the camera wherever I want it to be and I could sit in my car in the meantime, right? 
So it, drones are incredible. I think they kind of own the airspace just out of reach of the longest selfie stick and below the lowest hovering helicopter. They go where no other technology can really go. And I really think that is refreshing in an age where there's just so much being thrown at us visually and we want to see something new. And I also have a, a love-hate relationship with drones. Yeah. Um, I think they're like they're dope, like little machines that fly around, could attach cameras to them. Incredible. The shots that they take, drone sports, dope. Drones delivering packages, dope. Drones shutting down airports for 24 hours, incredible. Love that. But I mean, if they're flying over a soccer field and I'm practicing, I'm you know I might take a shot. Um, but it's so cool that you've been able to find a niche in a, a period of time where it's it's booming. Essentially, drones right. are the talk of the town, um, and it's been essentially next level with that. And um, I just had to get my comments in on the drones before we shift focus there. But you did speak about traveling earlier and I, I've been trying to repress my feelings. I'm a huge travel guy and it's bound to happen. Let me know what was your favorite place to travel um, and why. I mean, that is such a challenge. I think every place I've ever been to has its unique quirks that I kind of am obsessed with and I kind of bring home with me and reflect on when I'm in home. Um, but for me, Lesotho in Southern Africa was this amazing place. It's called the Kingdom of the Sky because it has the highest uh, average population of any country in the world. And uh, it's just amazing. It's uh, there's Everyone's wearing tribal blankets and uh, everyone is a very nomadic lifestyle, more or less, especially when you get out of the capital city. And uh, it was just a beautiful, majestic place, if I have to say. And so I like the more exotic places around the world. I think Myanmar was very similar to me in that regard. The Valley of Bagan, where there's thousands of golden Buddha, um, sorry, stupas, as far as you can see, uh, every which way. I think that was also quite incredible. But yeah, I just like venturing far and wide as best I can. And, and that's so incredible, just because though uh, we've likely traveled to a lot of the same places, because you have um, this eye for photography, I feel like your perspective is a lot different than mine. Um, and it's cool to kind of see uh, what you think is pretty cool on along your travels. And I'd like to bring that onto, you know, put that on my back and put in my backpack when I make a hop on a flight pretty soon. But that's an incredible. But when we go, we touch upon your journey through life, uh, throughout your travels, through your drone experiences. One thing we skipped over was college. Uh, <laughs> you did spend four years there. A pretty sizable chunk of your life considering, you know, 22 years old. Um, but tell us about your photography journey um, throughout your schooling. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of realized at a certain point, it was actually winning Young Travel Photographer of the Year that I could actually make a career out of photography. Uh, and it's not something that I was really ever encouraged to do in my family because uh, we know the economic hardship involved with being creative these days. Um, but uh, I think that kind of was a wake up call for me. And uh, eventually I was I applied and was luckily accepted to uh, the New House School here at Syracuse University. And uh, for me, it was a, a really important program to kind of put a journalistic spin on all of the photography things that I have been doing uh, and kind of understanding how to do storytelling with a camera or with uh, or with a video camera that is. And, uh, and so the four years here were magnificent, opened many doors for me. That's when I authored my book, The Handbook of Drone Photography. Uh, I got to photograph everything from Kevin Hart doing stand-up to Joe Biden, who was then vice president, speaking on college sexual assaults, or Bernie Sanders coming to speak here. Um, everyone from like Billy Joel uh, performing to Chainsmokers and Chance the Rapper and 
of course, our amazing college basketball program. So I had an amazing opportunity to get my camera in a lot of places that I wouldn't be otherwise. So Syracuse University was an amazing place for me. And uh, I love the sports culture up here. We just upset Duke, which is pretty sweet as well. Um, so Syracuse has been killing it lately, and I'll always be going orange. No, definitely. I think Syracuse was a perfect place for you, right? It's basketball capital there in terms of their team is usually one of the top teams to beat. And then there's always so much connections to Syracuse because we had a former Syracuse grad on Jason, where he talked about how he kind of leveraged the Syracuse alumni to make it in kind of the Hollywood world in LA. So with that, how do you feel that college prepared you for the photography world? Because it's very tough, right? It, yeah. We can't lie about that. It's it's tough oh, to yeah. make a name for yourself. Yeah, I think more than anything, no matter where you go to school, no matter where you are in school, you kind of have to always have your own hustle going at the same time. You have to be learning your own lessons on your own. I mean, that's why internships are so important. It's kind of the rare glimpse most people get into like real world experience that they're going to eventually go into that profession. And I think kind of creating your constant own internship, right? Where you're always doing some sort of work that is going towards your end goals or going to whatever career you're aspiring to is really important. And uh, yeah, college does a lot to prepare you, but it's not going to do it all. You got to do a lot of it on your own. And uh, I think I realized that even back in high school, because I was hustling even back then. So I think it's really important to to kind of keep your eye on the prize and a degree is, is an important thing, but it's not the only thing. Most definitely. Was there one point what in, in your college career, because obviously you've done a lot leading up to college where you're like, damn, how the hell did that happen? You know what I mean? Like seeing chance and photography, uh, taking photos of chance, chain smokers, everything like that is great, but there's gotta be one moment where you're like, what the fuck? Like, how am I yeah. here right now? Oh, I mean, there, there's many moments like that. Um, I think the most memorable one was actually involving basketball. Again, was like, we went to the final four in Houston, Texas, and a bunch of students were crazy enough to take this 36 hour bus from Syracuse to Houston. And of course I was one of those crazies, but the, the real exhilarating part of that whole journey was that I was on the floor for the final four and I got to photograph our team. Fortunately, we lost, but I was able to sneak on the floor for the championship game the next day, and I saw the legendary shot by Chris Jenkins, the game-winning buzzer-beating shot to win the national championship with the confetti exploding everywhere, Michael Jordan in the stands, Shaq in the stands, and it was just an unbelievable experience, and that was a real, like, wow. Like, I don't even know how I could top this ever again. So uh, I did have a few moments like that in Syracuse, but that definitely comes to the top of mind for sure. And I still remember watching that play happen yeah. in my dorm room with all my friends. On the, on the cover of the New York Times, just below him as he's taking the jump shot. But yeah, it was incredible. Dude, that's that's incredible. Love and that. If you're, if you're a real basketball fan, Craig Sager at the time, when he rest in peace, actually pushed me out of the way to get the game-winning interview with Chris Jenkins. He literally pushed really? me out of the way. Yeah, so you can get the interview with the guy who just made the shot. So Okay, odd question. Do you remember what tie he was wearing? No, I do not. I am sorry. I know he's known for his oh, you know, wacky outfits, but love it. Love it. So we've honestly, we've in the past 20 minutes, we've covered only 8% of your journey oh. and <laughs> we've comprised a lot into that. But give us, if you can, give us a little insight on what 100% might look like for you. Mm. I mean, I think it's it's really difficult to see that. I mean, every year kind of brings a new, unique uh, view of what's to come. Um, for me right now, it's been a lot of teaching. So I've been teaching everywhere from the school, the New York Times, to the Rocky Mountain School of Photography, talking about drones and all these amazing uses that you kind of talked about very briefly. And 
I think going beyond that, I want to be able to travel more. I want to be able to teach and travel, kind of uh, bring my consulting services, bring my teaching services internationally. And uh, eventually, I think when I really get to 100%, I want to do something even greater than myself to kind of give back. I hope to kind of create a nonprofit going forward. But kind of my long-term view is the people who really make a big difference in the nonprofit space usually end up starting with some sort of influence. So I kind of want to create some influence for myself before I kind of go forth and create whatever charity that I feel will ultimately kind of service the larger community. I love that, man. That's amazing. So with that, we get to move on to our favorite part, which is the deep oh, thinking no. question. So, oh, no. <laughs> all right. So question number one, um, at least for me, I know once I started getting into LinkedIn creating and joining kind of these uh, communities of people who were very prevalent in uh, LinkedIn, I got to know like these tips of like how to post, what way to write things, um, keywords and everything like that to use. What are some of the hacks that you have to get into photography, not only just photography, but specifically like travel photography? Because I feel like a lot of people love to travel, love to take photos, and they, that might be something that they want to get into. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different routes these days. I think kind of uh, YouTube has kind of democratized, you know, broadcasting, I think. Uh, a lot of different platforms have been democratized and allowed the masses to kind of create their own audiences. And I think if you want to do anything in the travel space, you either have to uh, prove a skill or prove an audience or prove both. And uh, I think if you're able to combine many different skills, you're an even better asset, right? Being able to write, being able to photograph, maybe being able to do video or do aerial stuff as well. Being able to combine all that, I think, makes you a real asset for different clients. Um, and then also, if you have a social media built-in uh, built community already, that makes you an even bigger asset for clients as well. Is there one thing that, like, is at the top of your head that you know you would like to do, but you know you just don't have the time for it, that someone can maybe exploit that route? Hmm, I don't know if I follow the question. So something I don't have a time for that. Like for, like, for example, if you're an entrepreneur, right, and there's this business that you know you want to do, but you, just because you're building your current business, you know you just don't have the time for it right now. Is there something like that for you in terms of like the way to take a photo or anything like that? Interesting. Uh, I don't know if I have an idea off the top of my head, at least one I want to give away quite yet. But uh, but no, I think there's I think there are a lot of things I would love to do if I had more time, but uh, I don't know if I want to give it all away. Respect it, respect it. <laughs> I can't push you back there. All right. So just for you, Chase, we're going to change my second question around just a little bit. So pretend we're 100 years from now. Justin okay. thinks we're going to live to 120. So you're 122 right now. And you have all of your family, all of your friends around with you, your college mates, the whole Syracuse co University is with you right now. Okay. And um, it's your last day on earth. You've accomplished everything that you want to accomplish in life. And someone hands you a book. This book, instead of being uh, one filled with words, is actually a photo story. And it's, this photo story is actually an autobiography of your life. So you turn to the first photo. And that photo is a representation of your entire life up until this very point. What would that photo be? Wow. I think the, the photo would probably, would probably be with those people you mentioned, you know, with my family, with my friends. I think ultimately the connections we make in life are probably what makes it most meaningful. Um, so, yeah, probably all of us on a great trip somewhere. Uh, all my friends and family on a great trip somewhere, I think would probably be the best photo to kind of comprise my entire life. What's, what's the trip that comes to mind right now? Ooh, 
I love road trips, man. I think they're like the most classic form of travel, just getting in the car and going as far as you can. Um, it doesn't have to be super exotics for me, at least. So I just came back from a road trip in the South. So probably a road trip somewhere in the American South uh, West would probably be pretty cool. Interesting. We uh, Gary actually just sent me an article earlier today about Amtrak's giving away. Uh, oh, someone sent that to me too. I yeah, saw that. We're going to have to jump on board. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. We'll take photos and we'll do a podcast at the same time while Sounds doing that. Sounds like a deal, man. <laughs> awesome. So before we ask our final question, um, where can people find you? Where can they look at this amazing photography that you put out? Yeah, thank you. Um, Chase Gutman, Chase spelled like the bank, Gutman, G-U-T-T-M-A-N. Uh, on Instagram, on uh, on YouTube, on pretty much a little bit of everything, and you can find it on my website too, chasegutman.com. So feel free to check it out if you if you're interested. I haven't awesome. scared you away. <laughs> Amazing. So final question: Are you ready? All right, I'm ready. What is a question that you wish that we asked you? Ooh, I think an important question to ask everyone is kind of like, "Are you happy?" And I think, I think that's a really important question for everyone to reflect on, uh, especially when we talk about, you know, your business or your journey. Uh, I think for me, thankfully, the answer is yes, but I need to kind of appreciate a lot more of the things I have. Uh, I think it's really important for all of us, no matter where we are in life or what challenges we're dealing with, to kind of, you know, reflect on all the great things that we have going for us. And I think that's something I know I can work toward. I know everyone probably can work a little bit toward. But are you happy is a good question, I think, to ask any of your guests. Love it. And I'm glad you brought that up because it's in times like these where we're having, um, you know, casual conversation with um, new friends or even old friends where we learn to uh, appreciate the things we have and really reflect on what we're doing, how we're doing it and how it really the impact that it has on us. Um, so, I mean, I'm glad that you can say that you're happy in doing what you're doing and you've reached, uh, I guess, that sense of euphoria. So, you know, absolutely. Hats off to you. Uh, but Chase, I want to take this opportunity to extend a huge get your grind up young and dumb. Thank you for coming onto the podcast, dropping some knowledge and letting us in on a little bit of, you know, the luxurious life that you live. <laughs> well, thank you again for having me, guys. You guys are really awesome. I really appreciate it. No problem. For all of our listeners out there, if you want to learn a little bit more about Chase, hop on our website, getjoegrindup.com, or follow us on social, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at getjoegrindup. As you already know, all 2019, we are coming with the hits. So we'll be back next week with another episode of the Young and Dumb Podcast. It's your co-hosts, Justin and Gary from the East Coast, signing out once again. Always remember, we are all young and dumb. And never forget, get... Joe grind up. See you guys soon. Peace. Peace.